Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Hello, friends, and welcome back to The Good News with Angie Austin. This is America's PR media coach, Eric Raymer, sitting in for Angie Austin, and uh, very grateful for each and every one of you tuning in. We've got a fantastic program for you today, and, and uh, uh, the, the segments that Producer Dave has uh, assembled for us, uh, this this is going to capture your heart, your imagination, and will uh, you, you already know the outcome of the story, but... This and Paul Harvey would say this is the rest of the story. This is before the rest of the story. This is the the prelude to the story. Producer Dave, how are you? I'm very good. Yeah, it's great to be here on a Friday, getting right. ready for the weekend. It's uh, you know it's the middle of summer, so I'm I'm have a lot of plans going on, and nice. it's always staying busy. And um, I'm actually excited about tomorrow, just because it's an important anniversary in our history. It, it, it is. Uh, I believe that uh, tomorrow's going to be the 50th anniversary of the landing on the moon. Right, the first landing on the moon, Apollo 11, with uh, Buzz Aldrin and um, and Neil Armstrong. How old were you? I was not born yet. I, I was negative. Uh, I was negative. <laughs> so, de- negative nine. Well, in, in moon in, in moon speak, that's T minus nine. Okay, there you go. T minus uh, nine. Yeah, uh, I, I was two. So uh, fantastic! I can't wait to uh, to hear what you've got. And, uh, you know, like I said, we know the end of the story. The, the astronauts made it. We don't it. know all this stuff, though. I didn't no, know a lot of this stuff. Right? Let's, uh, let's hear what you got. So this is really cool. This is a, a little – so it's kind of long. Please bear with us. But it's got a lot of really important information. And it highlights people that otherwise would not have been highlighted, that we don't even know about. It's something that I hadn't even considered thinking about before, about the importance of it and, and, and what they had gone through. So this is actually about seamstresses. 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 And they're about, you know, women who worked, they actually worked at a bra company um, when they made the, when they made a prototype because uh, I guess there was a nationwide. Um, a prototype bra? No, no. So they were, it was a popular bra company um, from, from New Jersey, I believe. But, uh, but, but there was a nationwide call for, hey, we need to come up with a better spacesuit because we're in this space race and we got to get to the moon. <laughs> and, you know, and there's all this, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen in outer space, you know, right. no oxygen, you know, it could boil your blood, you can uh, make your gases expand, it could. Yeah. You could be shot with a mini asteroid or whatever. There's all sorts of different dangers and perils. And um, and they didn't really know what to do about it. And most of the prototypes they had kind of looked more like Sir Galahad than, <laughs> than what we know of as spacesuits. And so they... So we, we found some people who... who know how to design things with a softer touch in mind. Right. And so they, they did this whole... this they started on this journey and then uh you can hear you know the importance of these people and it's just i never even considered hey it must have been difficult to come up with that i don't uh, think i've ever heard this story either so this is a little bit long but please bear with us it's totally worth the listen knowing that it happened it still seems like a dream even for the people who actually did it 
the idea of walking on the moon is still a little hard to comprehend. Anytime you felt a little bit homesick, you could just look up and see the Earth hanging over the South Massif. So it was really a spectacular place to be. That's remarkable, looking up and seeing the Earth. Oh, it's only 250,000 miles away, so <laughs> that's home. In 1972, Harrison Jack Schmidt of Apollo 17 became the last man to set foot on the moon. You're one of 12 people ever who stood on the moon. Can you get your head around that? Well, not really. I was honored and privileged to be part of the Apollo program. But like everyone else who was part of the Apollo program, we happened to be at the right place at the right time with an extraordinarily strong motivation to succeed. And here it looks as if they're about to come out. And they were motivated. From the astronauts waving goodbye on their way to the history books to the chain-smoking guys in mission control. But back in places where the TV cameras didn't always go, a small army of women was working just as hard at jobs that were just as important. We all know this image of Buzz Aldrin in his spacesuit, but how that suit was made is a story in itself. Let's let our friend Andy Astronaut demonstrate the hazards lunar explorers will encounter. Before man could take a giant leap, they needed to solve a few giant problems. In the near vacuum of space, the gases within his body would immediately expand. Without the right spacesuit, an astronaut could blow up like a balloon, or burn up, or maybe get drilled by a micrometeorite. When NASA needed a new moon suit, big government contractors like Lytton Industries and Hamilton Standard made stiff, bulky spacesuit prototypes that often looked like a cross between Sir Galahad and Buzz Lightyear. To infinity and beyond! What NASA needed was something more flexible, and they found out that no one knew flexible like the people who made these. Pretty face, but uh-oh, midriff bulge. Her midriff bulge is showing. See the difference before and after you change to Playtex Living Long Line Bra. Yep, Playtex formerly known as the International Latex Corporation, ILC, of Dover, Delaware. The Girdle Company wasn't nearly as big as the other suit makers, but they had some pretty radical ideas. In 1967, ILC came up with a softer, more flexible spacesuit made almost entirely of fabric, and then shot this film at a local high school with an employee putting the suit through its paces. In the end, the company won the contract for the Apollo suits and gave some of their bra-making seamstresses a brand new assignment. Did they tell you initially you're going to be sewing spacesuits? They didn't tell me a thing. They just brought me over here. <laughs> so from bras and girdles to spacesuits. Little pieces like this, the big pieces like this. <laughs> Anna Lee Minner, Ruth Anna Ratledge, Lily Elliott, and Joanne Thompson were four of the women who made the suits that went to the moon. Women, it turns out, had the perfect touch, according to ILC project manager Homer Ream. The people that sewed the suits were all women. Is That's that correct. because? Agility. And it took plenty of agility. Each suit was 21 layers of gossamer-thin fabric, sewn to a precise tolerance of 1 64th of an inch on a sewing machine your grandmother might have used. So our sewing shop didn't go like commercial sewing shops. It went 
Kaloop, 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 because we were interested in accuracy. In other words, there was no room for any mistakes. I went home on many a night and cried because I knew I couldn't do it. Why'd you think that? Because I was scared. Scared of? I was scared. This was a person's life this depended on. In fact, they never forgot that their work could be the difference between victory and tragedy. They took this job very seriously. They did. I mean, they may have had the most important job of all, frankly. Basil Hero is the author of The Mission of a Lifetime. As Neil Armstrong said, those space suits were many spacecraft. You were one pinprick away from death. If those suits failed, that was it. You were done. So the women put their hearts into it. Lily Elliott cut the patterns. As you were sewing, did you have in your minds where this was going, the responsibility of that? I think right at the first, no. But later on, you know, when you had all these inspections going on, it kind of clicked in your head, okay, you know, I got to do this right. This is a CBS News special report. And then the job got even tougher. America's first three Apollo astronauts were trapped and killed by a flash fire that swept their moonship early tonight at Cape Kennedy in Florida. It had happened during a test when a spark in the capsule's pure oxygen atmosphere triggered an inferno from which there was no escape. This is a time for great sadness, national sadness, but it's also a time for courage. And if that sounds trite, I'll change the words to guts. In the months that followed, NASA engineers put their grief aside and made the spacecraft safer. ILC also revamped the suits to take out anything that could burn. And the inspections there could be brutal. If one of the women left so much as a stray pin in the finished suit, there'd be hell to pay. So if you had a pin in your spacesuit, what happened? You got stuck with it. I guess you learn your lesson that way. Thank God it wasn't me. <laughs> the astronauts themselves were familiar faces as their suits were made, both in person for fittings and on the signed face cards that hung from every suit, a reminder that the astronauts were, indeed, betting their lives on the skilled hands at ILC. We would have astronauts come in and thank us, and that was a real boost. It made a connection there that you didn't forget. And we're getting a picture on the TV. And on July 20th, 1969, when the big moment finally arrived, the women of International Latex held their breath. Once they started down the ladder, and he put his foot on the, earth, on the moon. Um, that, that was a pinnacle of watching something that you've helped do. It's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Where was your heart in that moment? In my throat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm curious, was there an inner dialogue going on, a voice in your head? Oh my, I wonder if that's going to hold. <laughs> oh my, I wonder if this is going to be all right. I hope that stitch didn't pop. <laughs> Look at the... Mm -hmm. Watching from Mission Control, Homer Ream just wanted it to be over, especially when Buzz Aldrin turned a moon walk into a moon sprint. We're getting to get pretty frisky up there. I'm saying to myself, corral that guy, lock him up and get him up the ladder. It's a success. Let's declare it a success and go inside. You wanted Buzz Aldrin to stop I running. I wanted Buzz Aldrin to stop running around and get up the ladder. So-called kangaroo hop. In fact, none of the spacesuits failed. Not once on the first moon mission 
or the last. I was strolling on the moon one day in a merry, merry month of December. May, May. If you really listen to all of the audio of the mission, every once in a while you'll hear a, a song. You lapse into song. I think that's pretty cool. I was having a great time. Were you able to enjoy yourself? I really did. The whole time I was up there. Jack Schmidt turned 84 this month, and he still loves sharing his lunar experience. I'd like to crawl back in there, but it doesn't look like they want me to. <laughs> and some of the ladies who sewed his suit would like back in, too. We enjoyed every bit of it, every stitch. I would do it all over again if I could. You'd still like to be doing it. Yes, I love it. <laughs> well, I'm still amazed, <laughs> but it was, it was great. They're all retired now, but ILC is still making spacesuits. And who knows, an ILC suit might one day go to Mars. But it all began with Apollo 11, when a small group of dedicated women back on Earth helped bring us all just a little closer to the heavens. I think they're taking pictures of each other with a Hasselblad camera. The first tourists on the moon. I am, uh, I'm looking at the photo of these four women that were interviewed for this, uh, this, this article. And uh, goodness, you know, the, uh, three out of the four are uh, silver-haired. <laughs> and the other one I'm thinking uh, is, is cheating. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, in, instead of Victoria's Secret, it's uh, An Annalise's Secret. <laughs> that, that she was really involved in the uh, the. the keeping the, the astronauts alive. Right, right. And you wouldn't have thought, I mean, there's so many details that went and there's so many things that happened. You know, um, we were talking before we uh, before we started the segment about hidden figures, you know, about how those oh, women, the movie. Yeah, the movie Hidden yeah. Figures, uh, you know, those women did those uh, variable calculations or whatever it was that kind of made the uh, orbit around the... The trajectory, uh, yeah. Uh, orbit around the Earth and uh, orbit around, or you know, the landing on the moon, all possible. Yeah. Um, you know, and those people, I mean, yes, they deserve that recognition, but, but then you think all about would be for nothing. All, all the other things, exactly, yeah. without, you know, just how important those spacesuits were. And, you know, even Buzz Aldrin said it's like my own personal, you know, spaceship, my own personal world inside of this suit. And, and otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to do it with all the, you know, the other prototypes and the other things and the, and the way. And I thought it was like they, while Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong were jumping around on the moon, they're thinking, oh, I hope that stitch doesn't pop. Oh, I hope that doesn't. Right. And you know, they were thinking about specific stitches. When shortly prior to that, you know, three astronauts died right. here on, on, on Earth as the, uh, the, the space capsule that they were in uh, caught on fire. And, and, you know, you think about all the things that we don't know. And I'm the, the first to admit, I don't know a lot. But, uh, you know, the things, the contingencies that you have to plan for and and you know make and uh the international latex corporation which we know as playtex uh is is still involved in the uh in in the process yeah isn't that cool like i like i think the idea of them making a suit that somebody will be able to survive on the surface of mars in is right pretty awesome yeah and and, and you know I can't predict the future, but I think that's coming. Uh, you know, that's the direction that the the 
heads at NASA and, and the government are, are heading is is to do that. We've got a space force coming, uh, according to President Trump, and who who knows what that's going to look like. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, you, you got to imagine that uh, this, and of course, once you are good at doing something like space suits, <laughs> it's hard to lose that contract. Right, right. You know, I mean, you're you the ones who did it. You know, I, I could be the best uh, space, shoot, space suit maker around, but uh, who's going to beat these four ladies? I mean, nobody. <laughs> right? I mean, and she, she even said it of all the suits they made for all the different astronauts. You know, 12 different people have been on the moon. Not one of them failed. Not one ever, which I think is pretty incredible. You know, I mean, that tra tragedy of, uh, I guess it was uh, Apollo 14 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or it was one of the earlier Apollo missions because it, it, it was, was before. Right. So, uh, but I mean, those astronauts died, but that wasn't because of the suits at all. That no. was because of a different thing. And they, you know, it was a mistake that they made. And unfortunately, those heroes were lost. But uh, they learned from it and moved forward, and now the now they can do it. You know, they can go to the International Space Station pretty easily now. Almost, I think it's eight minutes from takeoff to to docking. Isn't that crazy? I I, I can't even imagine that. Um, I'm looking up. Um, what network was the Golden Girls on? Was it uh, CBS? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm looking it up and see if I can figure it out. Uh, in any case. Um, CBS has a new set of Golden Girls, and, and it's these ladies who are uh, amazing. And I think I've got their names. Oops, I, I think I may have just messed up their names. Um, here they are. Joanne Thompson, Lily Elliott, Ruth Anna Ratledge, and Anna Lee Minner. Uh, these, these, they look like the, the Golden Girls. Every one of them is smiling. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're just having a great time. There's a, there's a, a replica of the suit sitting on the table in front of them uh and you know i mean they looked cool too i mean yeah neil armstrong looked cool in that suit with yeah. the big dome head and the white you know with the american flag and the whole thing is just they look even they, they they were safe they were practical they kept them alive and they looked awesome there's a uh, there's a comedian and i will not be able to remember his name uh but he says uh, something about you know you'll never be uh astronaut going to the moon uh, kind of cool. So you can go to these parties where everybody's telling you know, how good I am, and then they, they always one up each other, one up each other, one up each other, and then uh, you know Buzz Aldrin walks in and says, "Yeah, that's that's really awesome. That's that's amazing. Uh, I, I walked on the moon." <laughs> yeah, can't stop that. Right? Uh, you know, these girls. It, it, I, it's hard for me to imagine how they would ever be able to top their life experience. And as uh, even in the in the piece it said. You know, they're telling the story always. He's 83 or something like that years old, and he's still telling the story of how amazing it was. Right. So I just think it's great on this anniversary, 50th anniversary of the moon landing, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to celebrate these unsung heroes and to recognize these wonderful women that made it all possible. And I just think it's cool. And it's cool to remember, you know, that part of our history and how how the the things that we're capable of as a as a country, as a human race. Absolutely, it's a solid solid reminder to us all. And uh, thank you for bringing that. I'm I'm grateful for uh, uh, the the opportunity to learn a little more about history. I will uh, I will never look at lingerie the same way. Uh, <laughs> but I will never say that uh, lingerie is the equivalent to spacesuits uh, either. That that's a that's a good thing. 
this is Eric Raymer, America's PR media coach, saying thank you for tuning in to the good news with Angie Austin. Stay tuned. In our next segment, we've got a very special guest coming up. Nikki Hardy is going to be joining us and sharing her book. Let me tell you something. She is the epitome of no pain, no gain, and it really is good news. We'll be back right after this. Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hey, Angie Austin here with the good news. And the good news is I have one of the ARC ambassadors here with me, Christopher Petty. Hi, my name is uh, Chris. I have worked at the ARC for four or five years. Shopping with the purpose means giving back and it really helps people like me. I like working at ARC because it's the people and it's the employees and you can you, you don't have to try to impress anyone. Just be yourself and just come in and just do your best and just be yourself. And I love him. I do too. <laughs> Keep going. And uh, I just, I do my best. You know, I go in there and I give it my best and I have a good time. And you're proud of the work you do? I'm proud of the work I do. Give it back. The heart of ARC is so wonderful. It's important to shop at ARC because you know, it is shopping with a purpose. I say that a lot. And when you donate things, it goes back to help our community and people just like Chris, who has a wonderful job with ARC as an ambassador. 303-238-JANE, 303-238-JANE, or arcthrift.org, arcthrift.org. Hey, I'm Chris. I love working at ARC. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com. AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Hello, friends, and welcome back to The Good News with Angie Austin. This is Eric Raymer. Very nice to have you along with us today. And uh, sitting in with us is uh, our, our good friend, producer Dave. Thank you, Dave, for being here. Hey, uh, I love being here. Appreciate you. And uh, we've got a really special uh, opportunity today. We've got an opportunity to interview a, uh, a really unique and, and fabulous woman, Nikki Hardy. She is a pastor's wife. She's a mother. She is a cancer survivor, a, uh, a Brit in the USA, and the teller of terrible jokes. Uh, Nikki Hardy, welcome to The Good News with Angie Austin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Well, I'm thrilled, and thank you for being a Brit in the USA, just because I love the accent, and, and I'll, I'll make no bones about that. Uh, you, let's, let's frame this in this way. Uh, you're the author of uh, a book, and the book is titled Breathe Again, How to Live Well When Life Falls Apart. 
and uh, and and Nikki, I think that's a, a storyline that a lot of us could uh, could could understand. But I think you're the epitome of the phrase "no pain, no gain." Is that accurate? Yes, yes, it is accurate. Unfortunately, right. right? I'm sorry <laughs> to be the bearer of bad news, uh, but but this is actually the good news because. Uh, you tell a story, and I'm going to let you kind of uh, set the stage for us, if you will, but you tell the story of a not just a one-time incident, but a series of things that took place that um, I don't think anybody would wish on their worst enemy, but they happen, and when they happen, how to come out of that with grace. What Tell, tell your story, if you will, Nikki. Well, yeah, so um, having moved out here from England about 13 years ago, um, just before that, I lost my mum to cancer, small cell aggressive lung cancer. Oh and then six years later, I lost my sister, my um, older sister. I'm the youngest of three, and she, Joe, was in the middle. Oh. And I lost her to the same disease, small cell aggressive lung cancer. Oh, my, I'm so sorry. And just six weeks later, when I got back from... Um, Joe's funeral and was back here in Charlotte, North Carolina, I was diagnosed. Um, mine wasn't lung cancer like theirs. Mine was rectal cancer. Oh, and my. I, you know, have now got to the point where I can say that, you know, on air. Well, I, I guess but that just, I, that means that you got a kind of a bum deal. I got a really bum deal. I'm and as I say, when I got that diagnosis, the bottom fell out of my world. And then a little while later, the world fell out of my bottom. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, you took my bum deal and one-upped me. <laughs> I did. Oh, I my did. gosh. But, I love it. But, well, you know, I, I really felt like the heat-seeking missile of death had kind of locked in on me. And it yeah. was my turn. Um, so it was really quite devastating. And the world did fall apart. And... But, you know, I'm a Brit and Hardy by name, Hardy by nature, and I was determined to survive. You know, I'm like, I've got this. And and I thought my faith and my stiff upper lip would get me through. But Mm. eventually, just surviving was all I was doing. You you know, that's an interesting point, because I think a lot of times people feel like, uh, you know, surviving is the goal. And yet, if we look at uh, both scripture and then uh, episodical stories of other people's uh, good news, if you will. I don't think that God wants us to just survive. I think he wants us to thrive. Is that, is that safe to say? I, I truly believe that. I really do. You know, he said we'd have storms, but he also said we'd have abundant life. And I think, unfortunately, the world has sold us a fast one. And we end up thinking, well, when this storm is over, I can live my life and it will be abundant. But I have to get through this storm. And we kind of separate the storms and the full abundant life in time and space. And then on top of that, social media and you know TV shows, they've told us that an abundant life is happy, healthy, wealthy, you know, and easy. <laughs> and that's just not true either. It, so it this compounds true. the problem. And I think what I found eventually was that, you know, merely surviving isn't, I don't think, what God has for us. There's yeah. more in the mess. In the phrase, uh, abundant life. And I think we, we should uh, park the car there for just a minute and, and explain to uh, our listeners 
that in in no way, shape, or form does abundant life equal uh, equal uh, no challenge, no pain. Uh, we, I, I remember when when I was young in the faith, and that's been you know forty years ago. That um, you know, I was told that if you're a Christian, then you won't get a runny nose, you won't have a cold, you won't get sick. Uh, you'll always have an, a nice car, a nice home. And, and, and I just found that to be a ridiculous notion because it doesn't line up with the word, don't you think? I completely agree. Not only is it really theological nonsense, right. but it's not our life experience either. You know, we see terrible things happen to deeply spiritual, mature Christians. And, um, you know, that's more the word and life lining up, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think of of uh, biblical situations or stories that we, we read uh, of, of real-life people. Uh, I'm thinking of Job, right? His, his life, he, he had a good life. I mean, there were a lot of things going for him uh, at the beginning of the story, but then he lost everything, everything of value. He lost his family, he lost his, his crops, he lost everything. Uh, mm. and, and then he was left with three really rotten friends, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, Moses. Moses spent 40 years, never saw the promised land. Uh, Peter was crucified, inverted for his faith after he denied Christ. Uh, of course, the story of David and, and, and Jeremiah. There, there's lots of examples in the Word of, uh, of people going through real-life challenge. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So you, you decided that you wanted to live beyond surviving. You wanted to, to, to face an abundance that is biblical in, in description. What happened next? Well, I think really this kind of shift happened for me when I met people in an online cancer community that I had found that didn't call themselves cancer survivors, but called them cancer thrivers. Come on. And, and I felt so drawn to that term to the term, you know, thriver, because I thought, wow, these people aren't denying the hardship. They're not denying what they're going through or how painful or messy it is. But it's as if they were saying, I know it's bad, but I am going to squeeze and grab the most out of the life that I have. And that was really attractive to me. And it brought me to this place of thinking, God has more for me, and I'm jolly well going to find it. And, um, so, yes, I started kind of looking around at people that I knew, friends who were dealing with some terribly hard things, everything from chronic pain to brain tumors to um, toddlers with epilepsy, amputation, I mean, mm. all sorts of things, and asking them, you know, what do you do to find more of the life God has for you in the mess? And um, those tips and advice, they became these seven tools and practices that are the heart of my book and that I still use on a daily basis. Uh, we're talking with Nikki Hardy, and her book is Breathe Again, How to Live Well When Life Falls Apart. And Nikki, let's talk just a minute about the difference between joy, which I believe is a God-given gift, and happiness, which I believe is circumstantial. Uh, can, can you address those the, the, the difference there? Yes, I think that's, I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, the joy of our Lord is our strength, and 
and I think really when we um, when we are connected and have a real relationship with God and we are chatting with him through the good, the bad, and the ugly of life, and we're really leaning on him, we don't need for our life to be perfect, to feel right. that connection with him, with others, and it can be the small, beautiful things that um, that bring us joy as opposed to happiness, Absolutely. which, like you say, is, is circumstantial. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I've been an evangelist for 30-plus uh, years, and I tell people, uh, I describe the difference joy and happiness uh, this way. I, I have the joy of the Lord. It's a fruit of the Spirit, uh, and, and therefore it's a gift given by the Lord. And I have that joy while I'm up on the roof and I'm hammering a nail into the shingle. But if I accidentally slip and the hammer falls off the nail and hits my thumb, I lose all happiness. <laughs> it, it's, it's gone. But I never lose my joy. And, and you know, just to, to put that into perspective, and I think that your book uh, really does that. So you say that there are seven steps to, uh, to, to experiencing uh, a life well-lived, right? Mm-hmm. Can you, can you yes, give yes. us a, a, a couple of those? Yes, of course. And and I wish that I could say these are seven steps and if you check them off, then, you know, your life will be wonderful and perfect. You know, I think there are probably more than seven out there, but these are the seven that I really try and lean into and choose when um, when life is going hard. Well, and, and it's um, a great number anyways. It's a biblical number of completion. <laughs> It is a good number. It is a good number. Um, the first one I talk about is to choose brave and that it doesn't need to be big, just intentional. I think bravery isn't something we are. It is something we can do. And we don't, you know, it doesn't have to be some massive, courageous um, step. It, for so many of us, it can be, you know, taking the next small right step, whether that's, you know, getting up in the morning when your depression um, really hits hard or um, deciding to stand firm in parenting, you know, difficult teenagers, what, whatever it might be. Um, and then the next step is, of course, trusting God. And, you know, I'm a pastor's wife. I've been a Christian for 25 years. And, and I'd like to say that trusting God is, is easy. But, you know, I, I kind of did trust God, but then I struggled all at the same time. It was a kind of, I trust, help my lack of trust. Right. And so in the book, I talk very practically about what, for me, it looks like to actually trust when you don't want to. You, you want to because you know it's the right thing to do and you know it will help and God is trustworthy. But at the same time, you've got this these circumstances around you that are difficult, you've got, you know, the, the rubbish that's going on in your head that's saying, you know, oh, God's angry with you, or, you know, he's left, he's not listening, all those sorts of things. And so how do we actually trust him right. when it's really hard to trust him? You know, Nikki, I'm, I'm rela- uh, reminded of the meme, and maybe you are familiar with this one or not, uh, the, the closest thing to the word trust in, in the, the Bible is faith. And uh, there's a meme that has a cat, a little kitten, holding on to the top of a basket, uh, the handle of the basket. And he's holding on by like, like one or two paws or claws. And it says, faith isn't faith until it's all you're hanging on to. 
and and that kind of kind of reminds me that you know you have to to make the, the the longest journey of your life when it comes to faith and or trusting God. And I say that the longest distance you will ever travel in your life is the 18 inches from your head to your heart. Mm, that is so true, so true. And, um, you know, what I talk about in the book is how can we hang on to God if we're hanging on to other things? You right. know, I'm, I'm a make-it-happen woman. I can, you know, hang on to control, and I can hang on to pride, and I can hang on to my own abilities or the doctors, or my family, or whatever it is. But I have to let go of those things being my foundation to holding on to God. And you can't hold them both. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, no man can serve two masters. Uh, exactly. That, that is, uh, that's solid. Uh, well, again, folks, if you're just tuning in, uh, our guest is Nikki Hardy. She is a cancer survivor. She has... Uh, uh, got a, a new book out called Breathe Again, How to Live Well When Life Falls Apart. Nikki, where can our, our listeners get a copy of your book? Well, it's available on Amazon to pre-order. It's out in about a week and uh, a week or so, and so you can order on Amazon or wherever books are sold. And, and if people order before its proper launch date on August 6th, there are all sorts of um, pre-order bonuses that I am giving to people, and they can find those um, either on my website, NikkiHardy.com, or on the breatheagainbook.com. Um, and so there's a 10-day audio devotion where I will jump into your email and you know help you each day for 10 days with a little devotion. Um, so all sorts of things, but they can find me wherever books are sold. I love it. And, and if you don't find it at wherever books are sold, ask for it. That's how, uh, how they find out mm. that there's a demand for it. And we'll, we'll put those books into Barnes and Nobles and, uh, other, other, uh, bookstores. Uh, the, the web address, NikkiHardy.com, N-I-K-I Hardy, H-R-A-R-D-Y. Again, N-A, I'll say that again, N-I-K-I-H-A-R-D-Y.com. And the other book, the the book website. Did you say it is thebreatheagain.com or book.com? Thebreatheagainbook.com. All right, yeah. thebreatheagain. Don't forget the the and uh, book at the end. Thebreatheagainbook.com. Uh, I, I happen to notice that you and I have a, a a friend in common, and this friend wrote a, a wonderful quote for you. She says, "If you're struggling with what life looks like right now, this book offers real hope, real help, and tangible hope." Nikki writes with empathy, humor, and gut-level honesty. You'll find a friend within these pages, and that was written by our friend Sheila Walsh. Uh, what, what a great opportunity to have her uh, endorse your book. Yes, it, I have to admit, it was such a gift to have her words, not just in the book, but they're on the book. They are, um, yes, it's on the front page. So, um, yes, it was a real... A real gift to have for Sheila to put her to her words and her endorsements. Well, I I love this and uh, Nikki, uh, it's just a, a way to say thank you for uh, coming on the program today. The good news with Angie Austin. I want to offer you this uh, after our interview. I'll uh, I'll reach out to you and connect with you on uh, either Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever you'd like, and let's let's make your book go number one bestseller on on Amazon. What do you say? That sounds like a terrific idea because 
There are so many people who, just like me, were struggling to breathe and life has fallen apart. And I just want to be able to look every single one in the eye and just say, God has more for you Yes, right where you are. Well, I have a little bit of experience in uh, making number one bestsellers on Amazon. I think we're up to nine of those now. And I'd be happy to, uh, to reach out to you and help uh, make that happen. On behalf of Angie Austin, we thank Nikki Hardy for joining us. The book, again, is called Breathe Again. You want to get a copy of that at NikkiHardy.com or TheBreatheAgainBook.com. And if you'd like to uh, reach out to us and connect with uh, our guest, AngieAustinRadio.com. That's AngieAustinRadio.com. This is Eric Raymer, your PR and media coach. We want to thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back right after these messages. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. There is so much fun stuff to do at YMCA of the Rockies this summer, you're never going to want to leave. Come fill your days and nights during Snow Mountain Ranch's 50th anniversary with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. This year at YMCA Snow Mountain Ranch, there's something for everyone to celebrate during our 50th anniversary. This year, we have tons of special historical programming commemorating 50 great years with YMCA. And on July 12th and 13th, you can attend the 50th anniversary celebration barbecue. Come see our carnival, enjoy some live music, dancing, great food, and get an opportunity to engage with those people who love YMCA the most. At YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org and click the events tab to find out more. Fill your summer with fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. Hello, this is producer Dave. I'm uh, sitting in for Angie today. I uh, didn't want to pass up this opportunity to talk to our very special friends from ARC Thrift Stores. Um, I have Dominic Rivera and Adams here, and then our ARC Ambassador of the Month, Bobby's here. Give it up for Bobby. How you doing today, hey, buddy? Bobby. I'm doing awesome. How about you, right. Dave? Hey, great. Thanks for coming in. I really appreciate you. And w one of the things we like to do on on the good news is talk about our friends at the ARC because of how important it is, not only to us, but how important it is to the community and all the amazing things that ARC has done over the years. Uh, we all know Lloyd is a very good, Lloyd Lewis is the CEO of ARC and he's a very good man he's, and he's excellent. And you know, he, he quit a really high paying job in the finance industry to come chase his passion and to help people with disabilities through ARC. And, not only does ARC help people with disabilities, but it helps everybody in the community because you can buy really cool stuff there. Now, Bobby, I know, works there. Which which store do you work at, Bobby? 
I work at the Vada store, uh, 58th in Ralston. Right, and so Arvada, there's we Arc is all across the state, all across the city. You can no matter where you live, there's an Arc close by, and you can always find a bunch of stuff. Now, before we started the segment, you were telling me that you one of your favorite things that you ever bought was what? Uh, videos and Blu-rays. Videos and Blu-rays, because you're a movie lover, huh? Yes, I am. You know, which kind of movies do you like? Oh, adventure, action. Nice. So you can find pretty much any kind of movie at Arc, right? And plus, yeah. not only that, but they're like, what, a quarter a piece sometimes? Maybe a dollar? Sometimes, yeah. Right. What a great deal. You can't beat that. No, you can't. So, um, and another thing we always like to talk about that we like all of our friends, uh, everybody out there listening, to know about Arc is that Arc, when you shop at the Arc, not only when you donate to the Arc, but when you shop there, you're helping people with disabilities just like Bobby because it's called shopping with a purpose. Can you tell us what that means to you a little bit? Well, basically, it means, like you said, uh, it helps people like me with disabilities. Right, right. And then um, it helps you keep your job. It helps you probably find your job. It helps ARC be able to hire you so that they can pay you. Yes. So that you can earn your own living and feel, you know, it feels great to be able to do that. And there's not a lot of places that would help people with disabilities like ARC does. Yes. And you like working at the ARC, right? I do. I love it. Right. And uh, and for seven years, that's pretty good. And not a lot of people really love their job after seven years. Yeah. Now, what's, your, what's your favorite part about working there? Oh, just meeting new friends. Uh, right, and you got a lot of friends at the Ark. Yes. Right, and uh, and uh, you guys all do stuff together. You said uh, one of the things you like to do is go to the zoo. Yes. And you all go together. Yes. It must be a really fun day to do that. Yeah. What's your favorite part about the zoo? Oh, seeing all the elephants. Nice elephants. I I like the tigers too. Elephants and the tigers. Right on. And Dom, is there anything new going on with ARC that we need to know about? Anything that, uh, any coming up uh, events that maybe somebody can make sure that they donate extra or that they shop extra or that they can actually come participate? Uh, yeah, com coming up in September, we're going to have our annual gala. Uh, and so that's really a big event. We, uh, we pull out all the stops for that. Nice. And, and what is that actually? Where is it? And what is it exactly? I believe it's downtown at the at the, uh, the Hyatt Regency, and it's going to be on Saturday, September 7th. Saturday, September 7th, downtown, and there's, you can go to arcthrift.org to find out more information about that and how to participate and how to donate and how to, you know, just be part of it and so that you can actually help out uh, ARC as much as you can, right? Right. I would like to say something about Bobby. Uh, I'm in charge of uh, the ARC programs, all the social programs that we have at the ARC thrift stores and particularly ARC University, and we've had over 70 classes, and, and Bobby has been to the most classes. I believe wow. he's been to like 67 classes. Way to go, Bobby. Thank you so much. And, I mean, that's awesome, and thanks for coming in. I really appreciate you. We're actually running out of time already. I can't believe how fast this goes by. Wow. Uh, but it was really good to have you in. Say hi. Say hi, Adam. Oh, hi. Sorry. Yeah, thanks for being here, buddy. Oh, no worries. And and Bobby, thanks again for being here. I love that you uh, that we get all these really awesome Arc Ambassadors of the Month. I'm honored to have you as our Good News Arc Ambassador of this month, and um, I'm looking forward to making your commercial. Everybody, listen to the commercial. I hope you enjoyed this segment. Say hi to Bobby if you ever go to the Arvada store. Uh, make sure that you do shop at Arc. And remember, if you want to donate but you can't make it to a store, you can just call 303 238 Jane. 
303-238-JANE, and a dark truck will come by, and they'll pick up, I mean, loads and loads of truckload of stuff. So it doesn't have to be just a little donation each time. However, you can make little donations at each store, at each donation station. It was really good to have you guys in here, Dom, Adam, Bobby. Not a problem. Thank you. Thank you guys for being here, and we'll see you next time. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.